Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning, if you would. So good to see you. Welcome to the second service this morning. And uh, we're glad that you are here. I want to recognize uh, the apples and the tallies back here to my left from Arkansas. We're glad that they're with us. And they were a very important part of the church several years ago. And then they moved to Arkansas. You know, that's the first state mentioned in the Bible. Noah stepped off the Arkansas. It's corny. Matt and Mary and I, we just uh, came from Arkansas last Thursday, and now we are passing each other on the way. We've been doing a series called the Holy Spirit Series. We do this every three or four years, and it's important that we know the work of the Holy Spirit. All of us need to know the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not familiar with the Holy Spirit, uh, we, you know, did the first installment two weeks ago, and... uh, the Father is God, and the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And so we need to know the work of the Holy Spirit. There are not three gods, only one God. And we need to know the working of the Holy Spirit. If you have uh, the Gospel of John, turn there, please. We're looking at chapter 16. I'm going to read verses 5 through 15. But there are some aspects that we really need to get down in our heart and our spirit that we might know this uh, this dynamic, spirit-filled life that we live in. How many of you are going to help me preach this morning? Okay, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for us being here together in your name. And Lord, let your word come alive in our hearts and our minds. We ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Well, two good things have already happened uh, this weekend. A cool front blew through about 6.30 this morning, and that's good. And uh, also, a road was overturned this weekend in the Supreme Court, so that's, uh, that's good. Question, do fish ever get thirsty? That's a good question. The answer is no. Uh, they actually, through the process of osmosis, can uh, have water go in through their skin and their scales. And also, as they uh, have water pass through their gills, they, they collect the water in their body. And the point being is they live in an atmosphere, they live in an environment that they just don't know that they're thirsty, and yet what they need is provided. 
So can you and I live in an atmosphere of the Spirit that we have a dynamic life, a Spirit-filled life, that we see things, understand things, and have things provided for us because we live in that environment? And I think the answer is yes. So when we look at the Holy Spirit, there are some things here that Jesus has given us that we need to understand. Here's the first one, verse 12. Jesus is saying, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand or get a grip on what I have said or would like to say to you. Those disciples, even though they're with Jesus and Jesus is God, he's God manifest in the flesh, they couldn't fully understand everything that he said. And he even said, I have more things to say to you, but you wouldn't understand them if I said them to you. But they began to further understand them, especially when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word. Are, are you like me that you've read the Bible and you said, when did they put that in the Bible? And you've read it over and over, but something happened. The Holy Spirit just illuminated that to you, and, and now you understand it better. You went deeper in it, and then it was highlighted to you by the Holy Spirit, and it illuminated the Word. Verse 13, he says, the Holy Spirit will guide you, and the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. That's future. So we are guided by the Holy Spirit. We are really told about things in the future. So the Holy Spirit directs us with information beyond ourself. There are things in the natural you don't know. There are things that are on the horizon you don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I think I might know what's going to happen tomorrow, but really I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, I, I can sense where we're going tomorrow, but I really don't know that for sure, but the Holy Spirit will guide me and show me things in the future, things that are going to come that I don't have in my own knowledge. The Word, here, here's another uh, thing that we need to know about the Holy Spirit. The Word gives us the major, but the Holy Spirit does the fine-tuning. Let, let's say that together because this is worth the price of admission this morning. Are you ready? The Word gives us the major, but the Holy Spirit does the fine-tuning. So what do you mean by that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked me. So Paul had a commission, as we all do. We are to go out and make disciples, correct? We, we are to go out and teach. We're to go out and baptize. We know that because that's what the Word says. Now, Paul also knew that he was to go forward with that commission to preach the gospel and even to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So he understood that. But as they prayed and as they fasted, the Holy Spirit directed him where to go and where not to go. You with me? So now he has the word, the major word, you're to go, you're commissioned to preach, you're to preach the gospel, but the Holy Spirit forbid them to go some places and directed them to other places. It was a fine tuning of the major personal in your own life. You say, well, pastor, you know, how, how does that work for me? Um, everybody should work. Okay, that was weak, but I'll take whatever I can get here. Everyone should work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Now, you may say, well, I don't have that job or this job or whatever. Listen, ladies, if you're a housewife, how many know you work? I mean, with the kids, uh, with the cleaning, the housework, shopping, and dealing with that ornery husband of yours. That's work. <laughs> Correct? So we know the Word says we should work. But where should we work? 
I mean, what should be my vocation? Where, where should I go to work? Maybe you say, well, I'm going to go over here after the money. Uh, I should work. But maybe you need some fine-tuning of the Holy Spirit. Now, track with me here. The Holy Spirit may say, take this job, not that job. If you chase the money over here, you're going to be worse off over here. So we need that fine-tuning of the Holy Spirit. We know we should work. We know we should have a vocation. We know we should have some endeavors. But where is that? So the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. Uh, Let's take marriage. So we have the word. We, We know that marriage is a viable option and singleness is a viable option. So you can choose one. So if we choose to get married, we know what the word says. You should marry someone of the opposite sex. That, that's the word, okay? Uh, so if you're a man, you should marry a woman, a woman, a man. Uh, we know if we're believers, we should not marry someone who is not a believer. We know that's in the word. How many of you with me? Okay. So we know that is from the word. It's a major. But even though I know that, what person should I marry that is the right one, that is a believer because this is what the Word says. The Holy Spirit will guide you and show you things in the future. Okay, I'm going to get married. Is this the right person? Is that the right person? Uh, let's, Let's stretch this out. How will they be in 30 years? What will she look like 30 years from now? What will he look like 30 years from now? Oh, I know what she looks like at 21. But the Holy Spirit knows what she'll look like at 51. Oh, I know what he looks like at 21, but the Holy Spirit knows what he'll look like at 51. Oh, I know how he acts now, but how will he act 30 years from now? Will he be a good father? Will he be a good provider? Will he be a good mate? Will she be a good mother? Will she take care of the family? Will she, will he be faithful? I don't know that because every decision I make and you make is predicated on the past and the present. I don't see the future, but listen to what Jesus said. He will guide you and reveal things to you about the future. So the Word gives me the the major, gives me the platform, but the Holy Spirit fine-tunes it for me so I'll know how to progress from here on out. Can I hear an amen to that? How, How many of you know this is important? Will he be jealous? Will she be jealous? Will he sequester me, keep me from my family? Will they become abusive? Will they be a nag? Oh, quit, pastor, okay. What's their sexuality going to be in 30 years? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. So I need the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and give me a glimpse of what's in my future that I don't know. And so that's what Jesus is saying. You know, when we built this campus, uh, someone asked me the other day, said, if we rebuilt this today, what would it cost? I said, probably somewhere around $10 million. So we're in another city. Um, we had trouble getting everybody into the sanctuary. It seated about 300 people or so. And now we're you know, having double services. It's hard to park cars. Um, so we, we knew that we needed to move. Having you know, it's God's will for us to keep growing. 
It's God's will for the kingdom to keep expanding. It's God's will for us to evangelize our community and the world and bring people to the gospel. So we know that's God's will, but here's the fine-tuning. Where do we go? What land do we buy? What does the building look like? How do we finance it? So, so we know the, the major, we know the word says this, but now I need the leadership. We need the leadership. We need the fine-tuning of the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, and show us a glimpse of what the future may look like. Do we build expansion within the facility? What does the parking lot look like? How do we finance millions of dollars? And you know, we got all kind of uh, suggestions and all kind of advice. Well, we're gonna go up there and just build a big metal building. We'll use it for multi-purpose, set up, set down. Uh, some people said, just borrow all the money. We're gonna trust God for everything. Some people said, let's don't borrow any money. Let's uh, uh, just uh, pay for it as we go. And how many of you know, you gotta have the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not just about us here today, but it's for you individually. So how, how do I progress, uh, uh, you know, make progress, and how do I process? So I need the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So when we, you know, make leaps like that, and we begin to move like that, we have to have some of those answers. And, and I don't know the answer, but how many of you know the Holy Spirit knows the answer? So we're led and guided by the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 14, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Now, if the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, the Holy Spirit allows us to live a wor worshipful lifestyle. You see, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're old school, if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, then I don't have to pump myself up to become a worshiper. Because that verse says the Holy Spirit will what? glorify Jesus. So when I come in here and worship starts as they did this morning, I don't have to have someone come and kick me in the seat of the pants. Because if I have the Holy Spirit within me, there's something that rises up within me that wants to worship Jesus Christ, who is the only Savior. Can I hear an amen? Because the Holy Spirit will what? Glorify Jesus. Glorify the name of Jesus. And it helps me and enables me and empowers me to become a worshiper. For out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. You don't have to prime it. You don't have to pump it out of your belly. What? It just flows because the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Verse 15, the Holy Spirit will declare to you what is yours through Christ. That's what Jesus said in verse number 15. So the Holy Spirit encourages us to boldly embrace the promises of God. To boldly embrace the promises of God. Well, what are that? Forgiveness. Grace, mercy, love, healing, acceptance. How do you know those are all great things that we can embrace through the knowledge of the Holy Spirit? So he says that we have been encouraged to embrace the promises of God. God's going to be with me. God loves me. God goes before me. He's behind me. He's my reward, right? He is victorious. He will always love me. He will always love you. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Those are the promises of God, and that's just a few of them. So the Holy Spirit begins to confirm the promises of God in your life and in my life. Can I hear an amen to that? I can now boldly come to the throne of mercy and grace. Yeah. 
and so can you. So we have that spirit drawing us and enabling us to say, Mike, take hold of the promises of God. They're yours. I don't know if you were here about a year ago, but Pastor Tanner told this story. I, I love the story. I, I've told it other places. So Tanner has a pickup truck, fairly new, and he said, on those cold mornings, I wish I had a remote start on my truck. I could sit in my warm house and point it out the window and start that truck up. When I go out in the morning, that truck would be warm. I wouldn't have to go out and start it. And so, I mean, you know, for a couple of years, he's doing that. And one day he looked at his key fob. <laughs> and guess what he realized? All this time, he had remote start on his truck, and he didn't know it. Let me ask you a question. How many of the promises of God do you possess and you never did know it? Or you never walked in it? Or you never reached out to get it? And so we have to realize that the promises of God are what, yea and amen, and the Holy Spirit really gives us the insight to the promises and the riches that we have in Jesus Christ. So now I boldly can take those things. And, and listen, you may be here today and say, well, I'm not worthy of those things. I know it. Neither am I. But because of his grace, because of his mercy, and because what he did, not what you did, you can have the promises of God. And so now he's sharing with us that we are encouraged to embrace the promises of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul almost rehearses exactly what Jesus did in John 16. So in verse 9 of chapter 2, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, we believe Paul is uh, referring to Isaiah 64 and 6 because he says, as it is written, so he's going back to the Old Testament, verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man, say that with me, but the natural man, now let's all say it, here we go, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In verses 9 and 10, this is what Paul is saying, our earthly senses cannot adequately perceive the things of God. Let me tell you why. Because they're revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. If you want to go deeper with God, let the Holy Spirit reveal the Word to you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you into your study, into your worship, into your life, into your very walk that you have every day with the Lord. 
because if we come to this, we can't adequately perceive the things of God, we have to have a spiritual mind. He, he said these natural things we, we don't get because it looks like it's foolishness. In that passage, he says that the Spirit searches all things. And so the Spirit is looking out for your best, looking for the right direction, looking for the right person, looking for the right job. And you need to sense that in your spirit to have that confirmed in your own life. Verses 12, 13, we have the Spirit of God that we might know the things that God has freely given to us. And the Holy Spirit teaches that. We're comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. So back to what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to confirm what the promises of God so we need to know that we have those things in our own personal life. And sometimes you can't just sense it naturally, you have to feel it and you have to sense it and you have to possess it by the Spirit. It doesn't just automatically happen. Can I hear an amen? Verse 14, what we receive of the Holy Spirit seems foolishness to natural thinking or the world. And that's really true. <laughs> It doesn't make sense to walk around a city and expect the walls to fall down. Does that make sense to you? Not at all, right? It doesn't make sense that you could speak to the rock and water would come out of it. It doesn't make sense you could hold a stick over an ocean and it would part. It doesn't make sense that, you know, you could dip in the old Jordan River seven times and it would cure leprosy. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense you could touch the hem of his garment and you could be healed, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that just doesn't make sense. Uh, Kenny and Sarah sitting over here, I, I remember it wasn't that long ago, I was walking down to the children's hall and Kenny and Sarah were walking out and I noticed that Sarah was crying. And uh, of course, you know, when, when you're a shepherd and one of the sheep's crying, you know, I mean, your heart is touched and I went up and I said, what's wrong, guys? And uh, Sarah said, well, we've been trying to have children for a while and just no children. And been to the doctor and, and they said we might not ever have children. And my heart just began to break for this little lovely couple here. And, and so I put my arms around them and, and I began to pray. And I just said, Lord, let, let's just let your your healing, your miracle working power, your grace, touch them and just let them have a child. And I turned to Sarah and I said, now go drink out of the water fountain. <laughs> and Sarah kind of looked at me and she said, what? I said, go take a drink out of the water fountain. And, uh, and I guess because I'm pastor, she did. <laughs> so she went and took a drink out of the water fountain and uh, that was my version of go wash in the pool of Siloam. And, and she did it. And I said, let me know when you're pregnant. And then some more time went by. And one day they walked up to me with big smiles on their face. And they said, Pastor, we're pregnant and going to have a baby. Now there's a little boy running around here. That is an answer to that prayer. You see, there's things that happen that don't make earthly sense. It's beyond our capability. That's why Paul said in Romans that we have to renew our mind. If you keep thinking the way you're thinking, you're not going to get what you need to get. You need to 
have your mind transformed by the power of God to know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So our mind has to be transformed. The word is the Greek word where we get the change of a caterpillar to a butterfly, metamorphosis. And so your mind has to go from the natural to the supernatural. And so we see that that's exactly what Jesus is saying. That's what Paul is saying. He says the things of the Spirit seem foolishness to natural thinking. You don't bring five loaves and two fish to the party to feed 5,000 people. That's foolishness, right? You don't smear mud in somebody's eyes to let them see better. Looks like foolishness, right? But that's exactly what happens in the spiritual realm. So I have to change my mind. I have to change my thinking. And the only way I can do that is through the Spirit of God. And the only way you can do that is through the Spirit of God. Let me go back to when we built this. You know, I can't tell you how many people come up and patted me on the back to, uh, you know, comfort me that we were building this building that would seat this many people out in the middle of nowhere in a cow pasture, not even in town. But I'm not thinking like they think. You should not be thinking like they think. You should be thinking supernaturally. You should be thinking in the spirit. Because what God does, he does it for one reason, that he would get the glory and nobody else. So that's why he does what he does. Because people will have to look at you and look at me, and all through the Bible, they would have to say, man, that was God. Because they couldn't pull that off. He couldn't pull that off. She can't pull that off. That's God. And the Holy Spirit guides us beyond natural thinking. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. Here is a quintessential visual for us today about the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel's a prophet of God, Old Testament, Old Covenant. And the Lord speaks to Ezekiel and he says, Son of man, he takes him to a valley. The Bible is very specific. The Spirit of the Lord caught him up, took him to a valley. We don't know exactly what happened in that valley. Maybe there had been a battle there. Maybe there was a conflict of war there, but this is what we do know. That valley is full of dried, bleached out, dry bones. Now, how long have they been there? Long enough, they're dry, bleached out, dry bones. And over the time, the scavengers, the wolves, the animals, the ravens, the crows, uh, whatever came through that valley, they have devoured the flesh. The flesh is gone. The bones are scattered, they've been drugged here and there, and there is no continuity, there is is no uh, vivid order here, it is total confusion. And then God asked Ezekiel this question, son of man, can these bones live again? I love Ezekiel's answer. He doesn't say yes, and he doesn't say no. He says, Lord, only you know. You ever had to say that? <laughs> What's the answer? Don't know. Lord, only you know. 
Don't know how this is going to work out. Don't know how I'm going to get through this. Don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. Don't know how I'm going to save my marriage. Don't know what's going to happen to my kids. Has anybody else ever had some of those questions? And sometimes our answer is like Ezekiel's. Lord, only you know. I don't know. You know. And then the Lord said to Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, he said, prophesy to these bones. Speak the word of the Lord. And you talk about you better get out of your natural thinking. You, you talk about you, you need to redirect the way you process this. Ezekiel stood at the plate. I mean, he came forward. He said, uh, okay, Lord, I'll do. And the Lord said, prophesy. What do I prophesy? Prophesy the word of the Lord. And he prophesied to the bones. Sometimes you got to speak to your dead situation. Sometimes you got to talk to that difficulty. You, you got to speak to that situation that you have no idea how it's going to work out. And he began to prophesy the word of the Lord, oh, dry bones, live. And then there was a noise. Then there was a shaking. And then there was a coming together. All the bones found the other bones that were supposed to be together with that bone. And the hip bone was connected to the thigh. Okay, stop there. But you get the picture, right? And, and the bones came together. And then the Bible said, and sinew was laid on the bones. And then the muscle was laid on the bones. And the flesh came. And the skin came. And I'm sure the hair came back on some of the bones. I'm not for sure all of them. But, but anyway, they all came back together, bone to bone. The sinew, the flesh... And there they were. And so here is this vast army collected together. But the Bible said there was no life in them. No life. I don't want to go to that church. Do you? Everybody's together. There's the bodies. But it is dead as a doornail. No life, no worship, no amens, no vitality, no enthusiasm. No, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad to see you. Let, let's, let's build the kingdom. Hey, I don't want to be a part of that church. But there's something missing. They're there, but there is no breath in them. And then the Lord comes along and he says, Ezekiel, he said, prophesy to the wind. He said, prophesy and speak the breath back into these bodies. And now Ezekiel stands and he looks at all these bodies, but there is no life. And he began to prophesy to the wind and the breath, and all of a sudden the wind began to blow and the breath began to enter into those bodies. And the Bible says, and they arose to be an exceeding great army. So guess what, church? We don't just need warm bodies in the pew. We need some bodies that have the breath of God in their life. We need some bodies that have the Spirit of God in their life. We need some people filled by the Holy Spirit in their life. Can I hear an amen? Because we don't want to be a dead church. Let me give you the exact words here from Ezekiel. He said, can these bones live again? Of course, he prophesies, and they come together. There is sinew, flesh, skin, no breath. But this is what the last line says. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Did you hear army? 
You know what armies do? Armies conquer. Armies march. Armies go forth. Armies engage the enemy. Can I tell you our God is a confrontational God? Sometimes we think God's like an old man in heaven just biding his time. Let me tell you, our God is a warrior. Our God is confrontational. And matter of fact, since you are here today, I would say God has probably confronted you by his spirit. And he confronts me. Let me tell you, God doesn't wait for the devil to show up. God will go after the devil. <laughs> when Goliath made his stand on the sides of the Valley of Elah, God had already commissioned somebody unbeknownst to them, to go take the giant out. Amen? A teenage boy showed up on the battlefield with a slingshot and a rock. God is saying, you're going to make your boast? I'm sending somebody your way. And Maybe you have a neighbor. Maybe you have a friend, someone at work. Let me tell you what you're going to do. The Spirit of God within you is going to come and confront that life, that sin, not in an evil way, not in a bombastic way, but in a loving, caring evangelistic way, that's the God that we serve. And my friends, we are that exceeding great army. God has sent you to this neighborhood. God has sent us to our community. God has sent us to our cities so that we can make a difference in this world. We are not here just having church. And you've heard me say over and over and over again, I'm not interested to be in a church that sits on the corner for 100 years. If we can't influence our community and our people, our government, our schools, our neighbors, we don't have any business being here. But you are an exceedingly great army breathed in by God to do his work. And that's who we are. And that's what we can do. But I got to get out of this old natural mind. <laughs> I got to get out of this old natural thinking because let me tell you, something bigger than me, bigger than you, is at work here. Jesus said, You're going to have a helper. You're going to have a guide. He knows the future and He can empower your life. I believe that. I think you believe that too. You see, one of the marks of us here today, we still believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. We still believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We still believe that we need the power and the Spirit of God just as much or more today than we've ever, ever needed the Spirit of God. Would you bow your head with me right now? If you don't know Jesus Christ today, you need to know him. And maybe if you've drifted away, Maybe you're not at the place with the Lord that you should be. You need to get right with him, and you can. Or maybe you're a very strong believer, and you're here today and say, Pastor Mike, I just want to join what's happening here at Ray of Hope. We'd love that. But it's going to take you and me, all of us, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what God's called us to do. So if that's you, if you've never begun that walk with the Lord or maybe you need to renew it, stir it up, and I know this is going to take some courage. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. Say, Pastor Mike, I thank you. I, I need to get right with God. I, I need to get my, 
life back on track. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, this is, thank you. This is just not having church every Sunday. This is life-changing. This is God leading us and guiding us and making us who he wants us to be. Folks, time is running out. I believe Jesus is coming soon. And we need to be right with God. And here's the last thing. Would you agree with me, and I'll be the first one to respond on this. Would you agree with me that we need to put the vibrancy, the power, the expectation, the worship, the enthusiasm of the Holy Spirit back in our lives? That when we come together, there's excitement in our midst because Jesus is in our midst. God, renew and refresh me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If that's your prayer today, and I'm going to hold my hand up first, just lift your hand up with mine. Say, God, fill me, renew me, empower me with the enthusiasm of your Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me all over the house? We'll have some people that will come and stand around this front to help us pray this morning. And I want to pray with you. Listen, I don't want you to leave today until I pray over you. I believe it's that important that I pray over you today, that we ask God to help us. Because when you walk out of these doors, how many of you know you're confronting the enemy? When you leave this place, the enemy's going to be there. But you are an exceedingly great army, filled by the breath of God, filled by the Holy Spirit. If you raise your hand for any reason, I want you to come and stand right here, face me. We're going to pray, or we're not going to embarrass you. If you raise your hand for any reason, I want you to step out right now. Come, and several of you raise your hand and stand right here along the front, and we're going to pray together. And then we're going to have some other people that's going to join us. People are coming right now. Would you give them a hand clap, church? Come on, this is what this is all about. We're going to pray, ask God to help us. Now, if you're sick in body, if you need to pray for someone, if you need to call out someone's name for help or hope or deliverance or, God, we just need your touch in our life, our family, our marriage, my body, my job, my finances, right now, once you leave, come and stand right here. Listen, if you're hungry for the things of God, if you want God to move in your life, I would move this direction so we can pray that God would give us the answer, the solution to our own life. And we're going to wait for you just for a minute. Now, if you'd like to help us pray, and I need some help, I need about 100 people to come and lay hands on somebody's shoulder, stand with them, let them know that they are not by themselves this morning. Let them know that they are not alone. There are people willing to pray with them and to support them. Come on, there's a lot of people here by themselves. I don't want anybody to be by themselves today. Come on, let's pray together. All of the church, direct your prayer right here. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, we're praying for comfort. We're praying for solution. We're praying for answers today. Father, those who are sick in body, we believe, as we've already heard, by your stripes, we are healed. God, those who are going through difficult marriages, and maybe family situations with children and grandchildren. Father, I pray today for those who are going through trials, those who are going through storms in their life, that you would be with them, you would support them, you would let them know that you're in their very, their very situation.
You're with him in the storm. You're with him in the storm, God. So Lord, today, bless, heal, deliver, restore. God, fill us with the power of your presence. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Fill us, God, with worship. Fill us with the word. Fill us with the promises of God. God, that is our prayer today. We ask it, we pray it in the awesome, powerful name that's above every name, the only name that has salvation, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you. See you tonight. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.